Welcome to Adventures with My 40s. I'm Courtney Novak, a 41-year-old woman trying to figure out how to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, adventurers! This is episode 13. I'm recording this on Thursday, right? Yeah, I think it's Thursday. September 24th, 2020. And I am in good spirits right now, and overall I've been doing well, but my god, I had such a freak out over distance learning this morning. Probably went into panic attack territory with, like, racing heart and just, like, agitation Fine, now we're through it. Moving always helps. Like, being able to walk. I um, I took deep breaths as I was driving Pippa to her pod. We have had pod this week. Oh, we Our smoke has improved, but then t- from that bobcat fire I mentioned last week, but today it's a lot worse. I'm like, oh, please, we're supposed to do Pippa's birthday party on two days on Saturday. <laughs> I don't want to postpone it again. Poor kid. I just want her to like give some fucking cupcakes to her friends <laughs> and like wave <sighs> deep breaths again yeah i had such a freak out i i fucking hate distance learning and um i'm doing it I, you know i did an episode and i was totally going to abandon I, I i i allowed myself the possibility of abandoning distance learning but mental health is our priority but that said our school is not our home school, so if we were to unenroll, we'd lose our spot in the school we love. And I don't want to do that, so I'm trying to figure out and how to navigate this without losing my mind. It's just very frustrating, and maybe there's some things we can do troubleshooting with the teacher. Um, I know that our teacher is completely brand new to distance learning and it's brand new technology and it's painful and awkward for all of us. But I just, I I feel like in order to keep on top of things, sort of, I have to sit with Pippa for the entire five hour day of instruction. And I just, I don't want to spend five fucking hours monitoring second grade. I want to send my kid to school because, oh my God, ignorance is bliss. I know that school is a lot of wasted time, a lot of lining up, walking to recess, walking to music class, sitting down, finding your seats, finding your pencils, opening to page 42, you know, but, and I don't have to see that. I do volunteer, but I would only volunteer like every couple of weeks last year when Pippa was in first grade and also the same in kindergarten and man, ignorance is bliss. And so we're dealing with all that bullshit, except the new distance learning bullshit is instead of let's line up, it's mute your mic, mute your mic, mute your mic. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard the teacher say mute your mic this year, oh, well, we'd be going to Maui. But yeah, so it's just, man, it's tough. So I don't want to sit there for the five hours. And then there's all this extra assignments. And our teacher does a ton of instruction during the day. And I think he thinks he's helping parents because it's like basically babysitting for the parents where both are working. But school shouldn't be babysitting. And like, so then there's additional assignments on the computer. And Pippa is just, doesn't enjoy being on the computer for school. And so once she has done phonics and math and, you know, listening to the store teacher read a story. I'm like, God, she doesn't need that. (laughs) I read to her. We're reading the fourth book of Harry Potter, which is like a whole 
other can of worms talking about J.K. Rowling, I have decided that we're okay with reading the Harry Potter books, but I'm not okay with J.K. Rowling and that I'll have conversations with my kids when they're older. I don't know what the appropriate age is, 12, 14, I don't know, about like this is this book and the story that we love, but this person, and maybe she'll have changed you know, like, again, like, I'm, there's there's a whole lot of people on, on the internet and on podcasts and everywhere um, talking about what J.K. Rowling's been doing past year and transphobia, and I don't know enough to really talk about it. I just know that it makes me uncomfortable, but Pippa loves the Harry Potter books so much. I mean, she comes to me, like, throughout the day, can we read now? And I want to, like, encourage this excitement about reading. And, um... It's tough. Like, I, I wish the books weren't so good, the stories, so that I could just be like, you know what, we're just going to skip this because there's a lot of amazing books out there. But, oh, she loves Harry Potter. She's going to be Harry Potter for Halloween. She's got the costume. It's, it is tough to, to balance this. Oh, my God. I've lost my, my thread. Oh, yeah. So I don't need her reading on the computer because we read together actual books and she doesn't like the computer. So it's, yeah. Anyway, I had the freak out. And having the freak out helped. It was sort of like, um, you know, a pressure cooker, like all the steam, like just ready to just blow. I, I've never actually owned a pressure cooker. So does that analogy work? I hope so. All right. Okay. Let's talk about boundaries. I woke up on Monday morning, a couple days ago, and just sort of had an epiphany. I realized I can't be the cookie chair for Pippa's brownie troop this year. I was the cookie chair last year. She was a daisy. And I actually enjoyed it. It was it was my jam. It wasn't... A lot of people complain about how overwhelming it is. And I could see how it would be overwhelming. But I, I really didn't have trouble keeping track of inventory and money and who had what. Like, that was fine. And it was, like, something different. And it was interesting. And I met, you know, the parents more because they'd be coming to my house to pick up cookies. So I totally thought at the end of cookie season I'd be doing it again. But it's 2020. And um, we are learning all about uncertainty and plans and not getting the year you thought you were going to have. And I woke up and I was like, my brain can't handle being the cookie chair during the, all the continuing uncertainties of the pandemic. And, you know, one day you look up on the, I look up and it's like, oh, cases are down and we're getting close to like, because California has some whole tier system of like levels and like we're getting close to like going up a level. And then I open up today and it's like, cases are going up. And it's like, what the F is it? And Girl Scouts, I thought Girl Scouts was going to, especially like the Los Angeles Council was going to say, we're skipping cookies this year. We're just doing digital. And if it was just digital, maybe I could wrap my brain around that. But they're like, oh no, we could, there's ways to do boothing and there's ways to do the socially distanced selling. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm not comfortable with organizing boothing in the current world. And, you know, when this started in March, we thought it was going to be like a month tops and hello, it's September. And I'm not comfortable with like signing up to do something where everyone's like gung ho, we're doing this like the way we usually do it. I'm like, um, what? And it's just too stressful to think about, you know, how many boxes of cookies to pre-order because it's not going to be the same sort of sales as last year. So anyway, I just, I woke up and realized this is not for me. And at first I thought I need to think about this. I actually went to bed Sunday night with the idea. 
I don't think I should do this. So I put it on my to-do list for the week as if I would needed to spend a week angsting over it and rationalizing it, you know, like my decision. And I woke up Monday morning and my, my body immediately, my intuition was like, we're not doing this. And I texted the two troop leaders by, I think before 9 p.m. Um, and was 9 a.m. I mean, it was just, um, you know, I should actually read the text, but I, I, I just set this boundary and that's why I had boundaries on my mind because I realized that for me, this was like a boundary I needed to set. So, okay, here's the text. Good morning, fearless troop leaders. After a lot of thought and soul searching, I've decided to relinquish my cookie chair role for this year. 2020 has just been too much. I can't wrap my brain around running the cookie program during these crazy times. I can text the whole troop or let you share the news, whatever you think is best. You'll notice what I didn't do. I didn't apologize because there was nothing to apologize for. And that's something I'm working on because like you could say sorry and it's very like, like almost just like punctuation to the sentence. But I think when you keep apologizing for things that don't need apologizing, you're sending a message to yourself like that you've done something wrong because sorry is what you should say when you've fucked up when you've you know when you've made a mistake when you're when you're in the wrong and sorry does not apply to you know what it's 2020 and I just can't handle the insanity of being a cookie chair for a brownie scout brownie scout troop in a year that is already insane and you know I and they made it it they said, thanks for letting us know it's early enough in the year that we can find someone else. And, you know, I just feel like, I, I just don't feel bad for it. Like, I already did it once. And I, yes, I was, like, you know, interested in doing it again. Like, yes, I like contributing to the troop this way. Pippa loves being at the troop. She likes selling the cookies. But when I, um, when I was enthusiastic about doing it again, it was just a different world and, and things that just keep changing with the uncertainty. So I didn't even feel the need to apologize. I didn't feel like I was letting anyone down. And I think that shows that I've made a lot of progress with boundaries. So I am not a boundaries expert. I don't have like some psychology degree or anything. I'm not like a boundaries ninja. I'm not boundaries. I am an expert at not having healthy boundaries and not knowing what boundaries I need and not knowing how to maintain my boundaries in a healthy way and not really knowing what the hell I was doing in terms of just relationships and what I would do in my life. Um, so this is an episode I'm going to try to talk about, like how I've learned to create healthy boundaries, but it's a lot also about how I have just royally fucked up again and again in my life. Uh, fucked up is too harsh a term, but you know, just haven't had healthy boundaries. I am an expert in not having healthy boundaries and how that was a detriment to my well-being. And I have gotten to a point where I was able to say, God, I can't do the cookie chair. It's just like, and it's like, well, yes, I would have had time to do it, but I'm doing so much more for my kids this year. I, and also, I don't even need to justify it. I don't want to do it. So like, that's like the end of it. Like, like they say, no is a full sentence. <laughs> but I love to write. I love to do this podcast. And there are so many excruciatingly extra demands on my time with distance learning. And I can't, I won't have time to write as much as I want to write. I don't have as much time as I want right now. 
my kids are supposed to be both at school for like longer days than they are instead I've got Julian going for three hours five days a week which is great but then I've got Pippa not going and that's just not the trajectory I imagined and yeah I know life isn't certain but you know this, this hasn't happened in anyone's lifetime where like school's just canceled and like let's just do it on the computer and make it really tough for you guys so I know that like I just need to fight for my time and my right to do the things that fill me up and nourish my soul to do the work that I feel called to do. I was not put on this planet to be a Girl Scout cookie chair. I like doing it and it's a great contribution, but it is not my life's work. There are people like there were a couple of moms who are the volunteers who are in charge of the whole program for like our part of Los Angeles and this is their thing oh my god and they're kind of rising the ranks and I think if they get like one of them if they get promoted again they actually have like a paid job within the Girl Scout like whatever the company is or the chair I don't know how shit I know enough about law to know I don't know what it is um but that you know so that's great for them but it's not my jam like I enjoy being of service and being involved and being connected but it doesn't like right now I am being of service and being connected in a lot of different ways and I don't need this so I need the time to write and do this podcast all right so yeah as I was saying in a very like incoherent and rambling way when it comes to boundaries I am a work in progress and I have to be honest I don't fully understand my own personal history with boundaries it's something I have to think about more because I haven't done a lot of conscious thinking about boundaries. Uh, no one really ever talked to me about it. I mean, I'm on my fourth therapist since college, and we have started talking about boundaries. But when I was doing cognitive behavioral therapy with a psychologist, when I had postpartum depression, there was nothing about boundaries. And maybe I just wasn't ready for that work. Yeah, I mean, maybe people have been talking to me about boundaries, but I wasn't receptive to that information. Like, it's it's funny how when you're receptive to something, you suddenly see it everywhere. Like, and like on a lesser scale, you know, like someone will mention some obscure piece of like pop culture, like reference a band you used to love. And then suddenly over the next two weeks, you see like five references to it. And then you never hear about it again. Like, you know how that happens? Like it, it's like once I became, once boundaries was on my radar, then I could actually, now I'm actually receptive to learning about it and picking up some information about it and um, establishing some boundaries and seeing where I need work on my boundaries. So I think though, for many years, decades, I've bounced between two extremes. On the one hand, hang on, I gotta take a sip of my caffeine-free Diet Coke. I am a sodaholic, but I am caffeine-free right now. And it is damn hard to find caffeine-free soda right now. Ever since the pandemic started, like I swear my grocery stores used to always have, here's caffeine-free Diet Coke and caffeine-free Diet Pepsi and all the caffeine-free soda products and now they're all gone and I don't I don't know what that is but I was at the pharmacy picking up prescriptions um Zoloft my friend and there were two cases of caffeine-free diet coke cans and hell yes I bought them and then there's a jack-in-the-box not far from my house that has one of those soda machines with like you know 
like a thousand combinations and I can always get caffeine free diet coke from them so it's it's my addiction it's suboptimal but I, it, there's a pandemic folks I'm not even dealing with it right now okay so back to boundaries I have no boundary between me and soda but so for many years I, I bounced between the two extremes on the one hand I was like a fortress. I had like a fortress built around my heart when it came to emotions. I was not comfortable with feelings. I mean, I was comfortable with good feelings, but uh, anything that I perceived as negative, I didn't like. And, you know, everyone will think of things like sadness and anger and loneliness and as like on the negative side of feelings. But I'm starting to get to a position where I can see the beauty in all feelings like okay sadness doesn't have to be awful and the more I let myself feel sad the more I see that there's actually I don't want to be sad all the time I don't want to be Eeyore but that when you f let yourself feel the sadness there's actually like a beauty in it um, that's another episode but I had such extreme boundaries when it came to my feelings that it also applied to people in terms of like not opening up to other people because I, you know, I couldn't, I didn't want people to see my own feelings because I wasn't comfortable with my own feelings. And so the connections I made with people were not as deep as the connections I've been making the past few years when I let myself feel my feelings and I let myself I let other people see my feelings. So I had this extreme like boundary, like I'm not showing people my feelings because I can't show myself my feelings. And so that kept people like out of a lot of just not being as like well connected with people. Okay. But on the other hand, I, I had this fortress, but on the other hand, I also just didn't have a lot of boundaries. Um, it's like I had these extreme absolute boundaries when it came to my feelings, like the wall in Game of Thrones, but in other areas of my life, I didn't feel comfortable with having boundaries. Okay, it's going to be noisy and turn the page here, very professional podcast here. All right, it's, I think I had a total lack of boundaries because I didn't have a strong sense of self-worth. So... When I established a boundary with a person, like if someone said, um, like at work, can you do this assignment? And I couldn't. And if I said no, I also, I would have been able to say no, but I felt really bad about doing it. I, I like felt like a bad person. I was worried about how the other person would react. Um, and work isn't such a great example because I was a lawyer and it was very extreme. It was basically like, we're paying you an ass shit ton of money and you now owe us your soul. So it was hard to say no at work because of that. But even just um, with friendships, it was like, I think I talked about this on the podcast before. I had a friend who was throwing a birthday party and it and she established with a group of her like closest friends what days she was going to have the birthday party and she was uh, I think she was turning 30 or 35 or something and she wanted to go to a strip club and I don't like strip clubs they're like I, I went once and that's a whole long story for someone's a bachelorette party for someone I didn't even know it was it was ridiculous and I hated it and 
I didn't want to go to my friend's birthday party because it was at a strip club. But it also, I didn't, I wasn't able to go because it was on a weekend where I was moving out of my apartment into um, the house I live in with Nathan. And my, and my friend, when she, we had like a group of friends, we'd all worked at a law firm together. And when she emailed the group of law firm friends, she was like, okay, I already cleared it with these people. This is the day of my party. Da, da, da. So, I mean, she was already, it, it's, it's a little unclassy to be like, these are my more important friends. And now I expect you guys to all fall into line with what works for, you know, da, 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 da for these people. Um, but it, it didn't work for me because I didn't want to go to a strip club in Hollywood, but it also just didn't work for me because I was busy at the job I had at the time. Um, another, my last miserable lawyer job and I, I was moving and I told her that and that, so that was setting a boundary because I could have just said yes. And I could have just like not slept that weekend and had like an uncomfortable experience at a strip club. And, but I did say no, but I felt terrible doing it and then she was like oh I'm disappointed and she's allowed to do that but you know it, it just made me feel even worse and if I'd had a healthy boundary I wouldn't have felt bad I would have been like I can't do this and I have a right to not do this it doesn't work with my schedule and I don't like strip clubs so I shouldn't have to go to a strip club to make someone happy um so I, you know, so the, I think like that came from just a lack of self-worth, like a feeling of I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I'm lucky to have this person be my friend. So I need to bend over backwards and, you know, do everything possible to keep this friendship because I'm not really, I have somehow tricked this person into being my friend and I need to have friends to feel validated and to feel worthy. So I need to do whatever possible to keep this friendship. And this is when I was in my late twenties. So yeah, I, that was an unhealthy boundary because I was able to set the boundary. So like there's, there's boundaries and then there's healthy boundaries. So even though I was able to set boundaries, I, I would set them and it would cause me a lot of inner turmoil and anguish. And it shouldn't be that way. I shouldn't feel tormented every time I just allow myself to have a boundary because I am worthy of boundaries. When I think about boundaries, I also start to think about being a woman in a patriarchy. How it has served men for thousands of years to have women who do not have healthy boundaries. To have women who do not feel say, comfortable saying like, no, I'm not going to scrub the floor from your muddy boots. You go clean up that floor because I've got to go compose a symphony. It's really served the patriarchy to have women who have their entire sense of self-worth sunk in servitude to others and just doing more, more, more and giving of themselves completely and stifling who they are and the work they want to do in order to get approval from others. Boundaries are awesome. Boundaries let me be my true radiant self. Like by setting boundaries, I give myself the time to do my writing and to do this podcast. Uh, they allow me to say no. And they allow me to say no like I did with the Brownie Troop leaders without feeling a need to apologize and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm a horrible person. It's like, no, I, I have a right to say, I can't do this. And 
uh, you know, and I'm comfortable with maybe the troop won't even do cookies this year. And that's fine. They actually asked me, is there anyone you would recommend? And I'm like, I didn't respond to that part. Cause I'm like, I don't feel comfortable putting someone into the position of having to set their own boundary because we are all like 2020 is just kicking the shit out of all of us. And there's just only so much we can do. So, and when I say, like when I set a boundary and apologize, you know, and I'm implying that I've done something wrong, I am reinforcing with myself the belief that I don't deserve boundaries and that the boundaries I have, I've got to apologize for and I got to feel like shit lousy about myself. And another thing about boundaries, hang on, another swig of soda coming up. I'm allowed to change my mind. I'm allowed to set a boundary and then change the boundary. Like, I did say... I'm going to do the cookie chair. Like, yeah, I'm comfortable doing this again. And now here it is early September and, or mid-September. Oh, God, it's like the second half of September. When did that happen? Oh, distance learning just, it makes time just drag, but also, like, destroys my sense of, like, the passage of time. Maybe because we've been mole people here in Pasadena with all the smoke. We did get out for several days, and that was amazing. But it's been so much cowering inside the house. If the smoke doesn't clear and I can't take a walk this afternoon, I am kicking the kids out of our back room with the TV that's the smart TV that's hooked to YouTube and I am doing some Zumba. Or and they can watch, but they gotta get out of my way and they gotta clear their toys because I like gotta be able to exercise and get some cardio. That's a boundary. I'm like I need the time and space to exercise, and if there's smoke keeping me from my walk, I'm gonna find another way. Yeah, so I'm allowed to change my mind, I'm allowed to say no, and I'm allowed to feel good about it. I have um, found that I need to have boundaries also with other people who are having emotions. And maybe this isn't a boundary issue, this is something I have to think of. But there was a mom that has moved away who would get very anxious about school things. And I would find myself getting sucked into her anxiety and I talked about it with my therapist how I sort of would imagine my own energy and my own emotions as like positive and radiant and then this other mom would come and just start unloading on me and it would just like shit up my own energy and I'm still working on partly the boundary is like I'm not other people's therapists and, but I want to be supportive of my friends. It, it's tough. Like this is, again, like I said, I'm not a boundaries episode. Uh, this <laughs> not a boundaries expert, different E word. I'm also not an episode. I, I'm making an episode, but I'm not an episode. But I'm allowed to, I, I'm trying to figure out how to have boundaries between my feelings and someone else's feelings. Like to not get emotionally hijacked by someone else who's having anxiety. Because I'm someone who was very anxious for years and I've done a lot of work on that and I've gotten to a better place but I think I'm susceptible to getting sucked down into anxiety and when someone I mean maybe it's as simple as when someone is pushing my buttons for me to say I I can't do this let's take some deep breaths and calm down I, that's something I got to work on and figure out um but when guilt kicks in about enforcing a boundary that doesn't mean I need to relax the boundary it means I need to examine what internal subconscious beliefs are making me feel guilty because most of the time it's not oh I'm just letting people down and I'm like 
like making like I'm being rude and narcissistic and I'm making everyone's lives uncomfortable usually the guilt kicks up because I have some shitty old belief about my self-worth that I need to address I do this mostly in journaling but therapy also helps and doing this podcast helps me figure things out the journaling though is for me the strongest because like I'm a writer and I do my best thinking but it's sort of like a way of moving because I'm like and, and, and I journal by pen that works best but also typing is good and the movement of words that like lets the energy flow and lets me think things out and see what's going on and that like if I had a situation where I felt like a boundary was like basically I'll sometimes have a situation in my life and be like I didn't like the way this turned out and this is making me feel like shit and then I just write about it and then it might come up it's like oh was there a, a boundary issue or something it's like you said it's a work in progress being a lawyer was terrible for my boundaries I, I was in my 20s when I was a lawyer like we would get it was the Blackberry back then there were no iPhones when I started out as a lawyer I remember my first friend who had an iPhone and that was when I was a lawyer but when we started it was the Blackberry and you were always on call and I remember being it being the weekend and going to see a movie and like checking my emails during the movie and and that was what like the partners at the firm expected and I it, it was really terrible because it, it was like you start out as a first-year lawyer and law school teaches you a lot but it also just doesn't teach you anything you need to know to be a lawyer and so that first year of being a lawyer at a big firm you get paid a lot of money and you're learning it's like an apprenticeship and the like the trade-off is you don't get to say no you don't get to have boundaries you don't get to say I'm sorry it's seven o'clock and I want to go home so I can have a healthy dinner and go to bed at a normal time if the partners on the case expect you to be working until you know 2 a.m. you're gonna be working until 2 a.m. I was at offices until at least 3 a.m. multiple times and if I don't know how many times I canceled a trip to Santa Barbara with Nathan we loved going to Santa Barbara back in the day before we had kids and it would be I mean it was always on a Friday like a Friday some emergency would come in and it would just wreck your whole weekend and that was just part of being a lawyer and I didn't like that I didn't enjoy the work enough to also have just constantly other people coming in and saying no you don't get to go to the gym no you got don't get to go have dinner with your friends no like like just I didn't have a schedule so being a lawyer was really terrible for boundaries I should like teach a class one day about like um, being a recovering lawyer for to all the people wrestling papers I know they get picked up loudly by the mic sorry um, yeah about being a recovering lawyer that's, maybe that's a book I should write there's a lot of books I want to write I'm currently working on three which is crazy but also really fun it's sort of my jam but okay back to boundaries there was a time that uh, Pippa had a gymnastics class and there was a mom there who I knew we were in a baby group for like a few months. Like I had met this woman a handful of times, but I had been to her house once and I recognized her. And I, Pippa's gymnastics class, I used to sit at a table with my computer and it would be an hour where I would get to write and then I'd look up and watch her, you know, flipping on a bar and then I would, you know, write for 20 minutes and then I'd watch her for like five minutes on like... The, you know, they had like, I think it's called the tumble track, that like enormously long trampoline. 
And, but it was like a great time to like put on headphones and do some writing while also watching my child have fun at gymnastics. And there was a mom for a while and I knew her this very, very tiny amount and her daughter was taking a class at like the same time. And we always ended up sitting near each other. And one day we, she's, she's like, do I know you? I'm like, I think maybe we were in this mom group and we talked for a couple minutes and it was like a nice conversation. And then the woman turned it into a therapy session. And she, like, I could not get on word edgewise. She was talking about her daughter's school and the auction. And it's not, it was a Catholic school, not where we go. And just the intensity of planning the auction and all the drama and all her stress. And, da -da -da -da. and this went on. And I just sat there. And finally, after like 10 minutes of this, I was like, I'm sorry, I've got some work to do. I've got to go back to work. And she said, oh. And then I put on my headphones and I went back. I was like, I, it, and it took me like 10 minutes to get up the courage to even say that. And it felt difficult. And now I look back and I'm like, I'm, I'm just not anyone's therapist for free or for money. That's not my calling. I don't want to be a therapist. And when I have to sit and listen to someone like just agonize over people, I don't even know. Like it'd be one thing if one of my good friends was, if, if it was a friend, this woman was not a friend. We'd met a handful of times, um, years before and had a couple of very superficial conversations with a couple of other moms. And she was clearly not looking to like rebuild like a friendship. Like, oh my gosh, I connected with you so much and I want to be friends and da, 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 because that's like called, you know, then she should have been asking me questions. We should have been having a conversation instead. We were having a therapy session. And so I set the boundary and then, um, like the next time, the next week, we were both sitting kind of like tables near each other and I saw her and she kept turning and looking and she was trying to like suck me into another therapy session and I just ignored her. I was like, I'm so zoned into my writing. I am ignoring you. Like, this is just not okay for me to lose like this hour of writing time so that you can get free therapy get yourself a therapist or just talk to one of your actual friends. All right. Then last year, um, remember last year when things were normal, oh, 2019, I was the room mom for the second time for Pippa for Pippa's first grade class. And another mom had signed up to do the room mom with me. And, um, personally, I think as a room mom, it's so much easier to just have one person be in charge because too many heads, like then you have to have all this, time like discussing things and like well do you want to be in charge of the christmas party oh i'm happy to do it but if you want it oh it's just such a waste of time but if someone else wants to do it i'm like like fine so this um mom was telling me she had all of these grandiose schemes for having like a theme every month and that we would read books to the class on the theme and do writing assignments and crafts and organize all these activities with all these other parents. And I listened to her for a couple minutes and she was done. And I said, like, those are really some great fun ideas. But when I signed up to be a room parent, I was thinking of doing things like organizing class parties and gifts for the teacher. So you can go ahead and do those things, but I'm not comfortable with taking on that work. And the mom looked at me for a moment and she said, wow, you just did a really good job of setting a boundary. That was really adult. And 
I thought about it. I was like, yeah. I mean, that was like one of my first times really setting a boundary and feeling really good about it. Um, because I didn't feel any remorse. I didn't feel any guilt. I was just like, no, I signed up to be a room mom. And here's actually the list of jobs they expect a room mom to do. And here's a list of additional activities. And planning curriculum is nowhere on that list. So, like, I felt great and fine. And it was like, I was just not going to take on that extra work. And now with the pandemic, oh my gosh, I have had to set healthy boundaries with my kids. I have realized that what I, I thought I had healthy boundaries with my kids, but I didn't. The boundary I had was when you guys go to school, I'm allowed to take care of myself. I'm allowed to write and exercise. But when you're not at school, I have to be available to your every want and whim. And if you want to do a puzzle, I have to do the puzzle. And if you want me to sit with you while you watch TV, I have to sit with you while you watch TV. And I, da, 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 da. And I quickly realized during the pandemic, this is not working and this is not healthy for me. And it was uncomfortable at first telling the kids, you know, mommy's going to go right now. She's not playing with you. No, mommy's going to go you know, take a walk now. She's not setting up a fancy art project for you. But my kids have gotten used to it and it's great for all of us. And I feel more like myself. And they come up with like, their imaginative play has become so elaborate during the pandemic. It's really fun to like eavesdrop on. I wish I could get like a court reporter to come and type up transcripts of it so that we'd have them for posterity. But it's really fun. And they wouldn't do that if I was there like, supervising their play it's I, I I love them I love to connect with them I love to do things with them but at the beginning of the pandemic I felt like I had to be with them the entire school day and then I was always with them after the school day so it was just I wasn't I never took time for myself until like 5 p.m and then I'd give myself an hour while Nathan was like making them dinner and stuff and that just didn't work and now I've learned that they're, I don't have to supervise them all the time, and it is great for all of us. So yeah, boundaries, it's a lot of work, um, but it's really, but also it's not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's easier than being a lawyer. feels better. It's involved for me a lot of paying attention and just being curious and writing about it and now talking about it on the podcast. So, you know, here's, let's raise my caffeine-free Diet Coke can to boundaries. I'm raising it. No one can see me doing this, but trust me, the can is high in the air. Um, and if you have awesome boundaries um, and you have any, like, Jedi wisdom about boundaries, please, like, feel free to email me, uh, CourtneyHenningNovak at gmail.com. Or if you feel like you're struggling with boundaries, like, amen, I'm right there with you. It's work. But, and, and we have not... as as women especially, but, uh, you know, I just can't speak for men or for anyone. I, you know, I can speak for myself, but we, society has not encouraged healthy boundaries, like, hello, holding your phone and being on social media and being available all the time. It's not, our world has not encouraged boundaries, or at least my world, and it's okay if you're struggling with boundaries. Like, struggling and being aware of the struggle, that's really that's like half the battle there. That's, that's the beginning of setting boundaries. When you're aware, like, hey, I don't have healthy boundaries and I would like some healthy boundaries. That's the beginning of having healthy boundaries. It's one of those things you're like, here's the problem and I'm aware of it. It's sort of like when I was screaming at my kids, 
once I became aware it was a problem and I didn't like it, the problem started to fix itself by, by me just paying attention and being curious. So if you don't like your boundaries, just pay attention and be curious, put it on your radar, and those boundaries will actually start to evolve. All right, I hope you are all staying sane during this gloriously challenging and enlightening 2020. And I'm going to try to not have any more nervous breakdowns today about distance learning, but I can't guarantee that. All right, have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Adventures with My 40s. You can reach me through my website, CourtneyHenningNovak.com, or on Instagram at Courtney.Novak. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Have a great and wonderful week.